All right, First John chapter uh, 5. I'm going to shift gears a little bit in uh, the, uh, the John's letter uh, this morning. And we're going to talk about something that uh, is very, very practical. It is probably um, the number one um, issue that uh, pastors counsel with, talk with, whatever, um, with people uh, in their ministry. Uh, and that is uh, what, uh, as you see uh, on the screen, the topic for this morning, saved and secure. Um, I, again, I, I, don't, I, I don't have any real hard facts or statistics to back that up. Uh, I'm just telling you my uh, almost 40 years of experience and uh, talking with other pastors, uh, knowing uh, my own walk and, and, and uh, talking with people and listening to people, uh, that one of the biggest battles that people face uh, is security uh, in their salvation. Uh, am I really saved? Uh, because it is uh, Satan's, I believe, number one tool uh, to discourage and undermine uh, believers is to get up on their shoulder and whisper in their ear, you're not really saved. God would never love someone like you. Someone who does what you just did can't really be saved. Uh, he's got a lot of ways of saying that, uh, but all for the same purpose, and that is uh, to undermine the person's uh, confidence, to rob them of the uh, joy of their salvation. Uh, Satan cannot take your salvation from you, uh, but he can certainly rob us uh, of the joy of that salvation. And John is going to share with us uh, three elements here, three signs that we can look at uh, as confirmation, uh, as assurance uh, of our relationship uh, with Christ. And I want to, uh, this morning, challenge you uh, with these words in a couple of ways. Uh, there are really, I guess, uh, two groups of people who will be hearing uh, these words today, here, online, uh, later recorded. Uh, but there are those who are genuinely uh, a child of God. They are truly a follower uh, of Christ. But Satan, uh, again, is doing everything in his power uh, to rob them of their victory, to rob them uh, of their joy. Uh, one of the reasons that Satan likes doing that, one of the reasons that's so important to Satan, is because if he can get up uh, in your mind and have you doubting your salvation, you're probably not going to be very effective uh, at sharing the faith with someone else. You're too busy trying to hang on to yours and figure yours out. Uh, you know, if I, I'm climbing a mountain and I start sliding and falling, don't ask me for help. I've got to save me first. Uh, and so if Satan can get a believer uh, to doubt uh, their faith. It's going to undermine their witness. It's going to undermine their prayer life. They're going to be uh, ashamed to go to God in prayer. Uh, and so it's a huge weapon. And so I want you to take these three things that, uh, that John is going to describe and say, check, check, check. 
uh, you know, okay, I, I can be confident uh, of my salvation. Uh, I hadn't talked much about it, uh, but if you paid any attention, I think it's been on the screen. I'm not even sure now. Uh, and I believe, uh, I believe, yep, it's on the back of the bulletin there under the title. Uh, I've been calling this series that you may know. Uh, that is one of John's, uh, in his gospel and his epistles, uh, that is one of John's major uh, emphasis that believers can know uh, that they are a child of God. And so for that group. Uh, secondly, uh, this morning as you hear this list, as you think about these three things, you may look at them and realize this morning, you know what, I really don't know Christ. Because on this list you won't find uh, they go to church on Sunday or they give an offering, or they teach a Sunday school class, or they sing a solo, or they sing in the choir, uh, or anything of that nature, uh, that, that so many people today think that this means uh, that I'm a believer. Uh, Mama was a Sunday school teacher. Daddy was a deacon. None of those things are on John's list. Uh, but he is going to give us three definite spiritual uh, tests uh, for salvation, that we can be saved and secure. Notice what he says as we begin uh, in verse 1. Uh, he's going to share with us here a confirmed belief. Look what he says. He says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. I was sitting, some of you saw me grab my phone, something ran through my mind. Uh, I, I like the way, uh, I don't use this translation very often, but one of the things I typically do in sermon preparation is um, we, uh, is on my, uh, my Bible program on my computer, I don't even know, it's probably how many different translations it has, uh, but I've got a, several of them I will look through and just read uh, how some, and I know some of you, uh, that makes you cringe, your King James only, that's cool. Uh, you know, uh, that's, you know, but uh, I look at all, I try to look at several of them uh, just to kind of get an idea uh, of how people have translated. And I like how, how uh, the contemporary English version says this. It says, it is, if we believe Jesus is truly Christ, we are God's children. If we believe that, uh, that Christ uh, is uh, that Jesus is truly the Christ, we are God's children. What we are reminded of here is, is that genuine Christianity always, 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 always comes back to Jesus Christ. Always. Always comes back to Jesus Christ. It never comes back to church membership. It never comes back uh, to your uh, work in the church. It never comes back to how much you give. It never comes back uh, to how much scripture you have memorized. It never comes back uh, to whether you sing or any of those things. It always comes back to what do you do, what do you believe, what do you say about Jesus Christ. We have 
uh, and that is the dividing line that uh, that we can use in today's world, where there are uh, so many uh, various uh, teachers and preachers and. Uh, religious groups, even uh, cults, will we'll go that far. Uh, you know, there, there are some religious groups. There are even some, uh, what I would label as a cult, to be perfectly honest with you, who are actually doing some good things. They, they are, you know, they, they may be feeding the hungry. They may be housing the homeless. They may be uh, doing, a, uh, doing a lot of things. And all those things look good, they sound good, and many people are getting uh, tangled up in, in, in some of these religions, some of these, again, cults, uh, that, uh, because they are doing, uh, and I, I'm going to use a broad term, they are doing a lot of good social work. Uh, they're, you know, they're out on the streets and they're, uh, you know, helping the homeless and those kind of things. They're doing a lot of good social uh, activity. But what it comes back to, when, when you, you peel all that back, it, is it's not about the social work. It, it's not about how good the, the choir sings or, uh, you know, what programs they have uh, for young people or any of those things. It always comes back to what do you say, what do you believe about Jesus Christ? I can tell you that in uh, 40 years now, uh, I have had people many times uh, who would be talking, interested in, uh, in, uh, in the church, and, and they, you know, they ask a lot of questions. Tell me about you know, the youth program. Tell me about the music program. Tell me about your schedule. Tell me about your missions. Tell me about this and that. But you know, in 40 years, I've never had anybody ask me and say, tell me what y'all preach and teach about Jesus Christ. But that's what genuinely uh, matters. John says, that's what sets us apart. What we say and what we believe about Jesus Christ. If a person believes that Jesus Christ is born of God. John begins with this phrase. Notice this. He begins um, this statement with this word. He says, everyone, whosoever, everyone. So, it, and what, what he's saying is, is there's no exception uh, that everyone, the test for everyone is what they believe, what they do, uh, what they teach, uh, what they accept uh, about Jesus Christ. Uh, do they, uh, this word, then he goes on and says, uh, believes. And, and the word believe there <laughs> speaks of uh, continuous action. That they continue uh, to believe. Everyone, uh, here's a way of, um, uh, a better way I think of saying it for you and I uh, to really understand it. Everyone who is believing, who is continuing to believe in Jesus Christ. Everyone who continues uh, in, in that faith. Uh, I, I love uh, the great uh, Adrian Rogers, for my money, uh, probably the best uh, preacher uh, to ever draw breath going on uh, to glory. Pastored up uh, at Bellevue in Memphis uh, for many years. Uh, Adrian said this, he said, the assurance of my salvation comes not from the fact that I did 
trust Christ, but that I am trusting Christ. Not that I did trust Christ, but I am trusting Christ. My faith is still in Jesus Christ, uh, and as the song goes, and His righteousness. Uh, not that I once upon a time had an experience, not that once upon a time uh, in Bible school or Sunday school or 30 years ago or 40 years ago, but my faith is still in Jesus Christ. My, my simple faith has not changed, John says. What I used to believe, I still believe. What I still believe, I will continue to believe that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. It's in His name that all must be saved. And that is what I am putting my confidence in. That we believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Everyone is believing that Jesus is the Christ, that He is the Messiah, that Jesus of Nazareth is genuinely the Son of God, come to this earth, born of a virgin, walked this earth, sinless, sin-free, went to a cross, died on a cross, stayed in the tomb for three days, resurrected, was completely dead, now is completely alive, is sitting at the right hand of his Father, and when God the Father says, go get my children, will appear in the eastern sky and gather his people home. I did believe it, I still believe it, and I will believe it tomorrow. That's what John says, that we have that confirming belief, that our belief, that we are confident uh, in, in that faith, the hope for the promised deliverer, the first proof uh, of the new birth, of having a relationship with Jesus Christ, is what we believe about Jesus Christ. Uh, I had the opportunity yesterday uh, to spend a few hours with uh, a gentleman who is a converted Muslim. And I was genuinely shocked. Now, you've got to understand something. I, I learned a lot yesterday from George. One thing is you've got to separate Muslims from Islam. Islam flies planes in the building and blows stuff up. Muslims are, are, are uh, a different group. Now, Islam, they're generally Muslims, but they're radical Muslims. And I was dumbfounded at what the Koran actually has to say about Jesus Christ. <coughs> It was amazing what they, what they do believe about Jesus. But what differentiates them from where, where, their, where their faith goes awry, and, and you know, I, I kind of had my first exposure yesterday, so I apologize to George and, and, and everybody else uh, for not getting, probably messing it up and not getting it exactly right. But what, where, where, they, where, where, where their uh, understanding of Christ varies is much like most other cults, Jesus was a good guy. Jesus was even a prophet. But they don't distinguish him as the Son of God, as the second part of the Trinity, as God in the flesh. 
And, and, and when you do that, again, it, it, as I said earlier, it always comes back to what you say about Jesus Christ. It always comes back to what you believe about Jesus Christ. Uh, again, the person that believes Jesus Christ is a good teacher, great, he was. But that won't get you to heaven. That won't save you. The person who believes Jesus was a prophet, great. That's, you're right, he was. But that won't save your soul. What saves you and changes you is when you believe, when you acknowledge that Jesus was the Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. Is the Son of God. Excuse me. Is the Son of God. Is equal with the Father. Um, and, uh, and when we understand that, John says that is the first test. I don't, know, I, I, I don't know why I've been uh, caught up on Spurgeon lately. Uh, I never have really been that big a fan of Spurgeon because he, he, he talks too smart. And I don't understand it. Uh, but uh, I, I, lately I've been hung, come across several things that, uh, of his. And this was kind of lengthy, so bear with me if you will. Spurgeon said this, It's not belief about a doctrine, not an opinion, nor a formula, but belief concerning a person. Translate the words, Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, and they stand thus. Whosoever believes that the Savior is the anointed is born of God. Now I may ask myself this question. Do I this day believe that Jesus is a great prophet, anointed of God, to uh, reveal to me the way of salvation? Do I accept him as my teacher and admit that his words, uh, that he has the words of eternal life? If I so believe, I shall obey his gospel and possess eternal life. Do I accept him to be, from now on, the revealer of God to my soul? The messenger of the covenant, the anointed prophet of the Most High. Do I, in fact, believe Jesus to be the one, sole, only, propitiating priest and accept him to act as priest for me? If so, then I have part believe that Jesus is the anointed, the king, and I desire to know him in faith. Listen, first test John describes is what we do with Jesus Christ. What we do with Jesus Christ. I read a story um, of a man uh, who uh, was uh, in college <coughs> and uh, was asked to, he had to prepare a lesson for a speech class. And in that class, he says uh, they were going to be graded on their creativity uh, and their ability uh, to drive a point home in a memorable way. And so he chose as his topic uh, the law of the pendulum. And all of you, you, whether you realize it or not, you know the law of the pendulum. Uh, we know it at our house in particular because uh, we have a, uh, a little swing and, and I put eye hooks in one of the doorways and you hang that swing in the doorway and the, the babies yell, swing, swing, swing. 
and you have to put them in the swing and stand there and push, and God forbid you quit pushing. Uh, but anybody who's ever been on a swing, had a child in a swing, knows the law of the pendulum. And that's what? When you push that swing back, and it comes back, it will never, never go higher on its second trip without you pushing. If you push it, it's going to go back, it's going to come this way, and when it goes back, it's not going to go up here. It, when it goes back, it'll never go beyond, you understand what I'm saying when I say the law of the pendulum? It can never go higher than it did on that first push, again, unless you push it again. And so he prepared a speech on that. And <coughs> he took, and um, you know, because of, again, friction and gravity, uh, laws of physics, it, it just, it's all it can do. It can't swing. Uh, it'll fall, it'll, it'll be shorter than where it was when it, you know, if you, when I grab Tally by the legs, and I pull her up to here, and I turn her loose. When she comes back, she'll be a little bit below where I turn her loose. And maybe that's a better way of putting it. Does that make sense? Everybody got the law of the pendulum. Okay. I might have beat that to death for no reason. Maybe you got it. But again, each time, you know what happens? It swings. And eventually, it stops, and they yell, swing. Okay, that's the law of the pendulum. The man took a piece of string and he uh, took uh, a, a, just a kid's toy, a top or something, and tied it to the string, put a piece of chalk on it, and put it over next to the chalkboard and turned it loose and let it draw the line as it swung. And each time, obviously, it made a mark and it just, you know, it let him. In just a few seconds, it had completely wound down and stopped. And um, it said, he asked him then, how many of you here believe that the law of the pendulum is true? What I just showed you, that the law of the pendulum is true. It will never swing back further than where it started. Everybody in the room raised their hand. No question. Everybody that saw the example, again, I didn't even do, the, do it today, and y'all believe it. You've you, you played with kids on a swing before. You've been on a swing before. You know that it's true. And uh, even the teacher raised his hand and said he believed it. He started walking to the front of the room. The teacher thought the demonstration was over. Young man said, "Hold on," says, "I, I want to take this a step further." And from the ceiling, he had hung a rope, like a big rope, uh, off of the the pendulum, and attached it to a big rock, kind of a big pendulum. And he <coughs> took that big weight. And he had his teacher come over and he prepared a way for the teacher to set up like on a ladder on the side. And he took that rope and he swung that rope over with that rock 
and held it right in front of the man's face. And he says, now, if we saw the law of the pendulum, and if we genuinely believe that the law of the pendulum is true, I will be able to turn this rock loose, let it swing across the room, and it will come back, and as long as you don't move, you will be safe. Everybody understand the, the illustration, the example, the test that this young man had set up? Teacher said, that is correct. She said, you believe me? Yes, sir. He said, okay, I'm going to turn loose of the rock. The teacher sat there, and the young man had the rock just right in front of his face, and he dropped it. And the rock swung across the room and started back. So the teacher sat there, but you could see he was starting to sweat a little bit. So it was all happening in a split. And said, just before the rock got there, he jumped off and jumped out of the way. You see the point of the illustration this morning. He said he believed. He believed in the law of the penalty. But when push came to shove, and get hit in the face, with a 200-pound rock, he jumped out of the way. You can say you believe in Jesus Christ, but has it changed your life to the point where you are absolutely putting your eternal destiny and faith in that law? Here's what I see happening. Many people who say they put their faith and their confidence in Jesus Christ. When life gets hard, when life gets tough, when things go against them, they abandon that faith. Do we believe that Jesus is the Christ? The confirmed belief. A conformed behavior. If you believe in the law of the pendulum, then you would act a certain way, right? If you genuinely believed in that law, you'd sit there and let that rock swing right up to your face and go the other way. Well, John says the same thing here. And he says, And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him, in verse, uh, beginning in verse 1, uh, also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. I want to share with you again the, what the, how the contemporary English says it. It says, if we love and obey God, we know we will love his children. I read a lot of commentaries on this, and I was surprised at how many writers wanted to take, and they wanted to discuss love here, and they wanted to talk about love, love God, love your neighbor, la, 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 love, 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 love. Then they wanted to take obey, and they wanted to talk about obey, 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 obey. But I, what John says is you will love and obey. If you love, you will obey, and if you don't love, you won't obey. And so these two go together, love and obey. There is conforming behavior. 
How do we know if we really believe God? By our behavior. By the change it makes in our life. By whether or not we keep His commandments. By whether or not we love His people. That's what John says. John says a love for Christ on the inside will show up in our life on the outside. He said a genuine love, a genuine relationship with Christ will demonstrate itself in being obedient to His commandments. Being obedient to His Word. Listen, think about this for a minute. What way, what way possible do you have to genuinely show God you love Him other than obedience? Well, here's what happens. You ask that question and people will say, well, be nice to people. Well, that's one of his commandments. Right? Well, give an offer. Well, that's one of his commandments too. Yeah. Go to church. One of his commandments. Yeah. Work for him. One of his commandments. Yeah. Everything you can name comes back to if you genuinely love God, you obey his commandments. John says, you, you can tell. You know, listen, I'm going to... Me and you um, I've done a whole lot of funerals over the years. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard people talking about, well, he, 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 he really did love God. She really, she, really, you know, she really did love God. Really? Didn't show. You tell me that's an apple tree from now to next week. But if I don't soon see an apple sprout out on one of them sticks, I don't believe it. Is that not a fair is that not a fair test? You tell me that's an apple tree. I say, cool, I might be wrong. I think it's just a bucket of that is gonna kill me to talk about her bucket of sticks. Uh you know, it, you know, I think it's a bucket of sticks. But if next week it has an apple on it, I will apologize and say, yo, yes, it's an apple tree. You can say you're a Christian. You can say you love God. You can say you believe in God. But if there is no fruit on the tree, if you love God, you will love, if you have a relationship with Him, you will love and obey Him. Listen. God says himself to obey back in 1 Samuel. He says to obey is better than sacrifice. 1 Samuel 15, if you don't believe. To obey is better than sacrifice. I tell them over here at the sharing house all the time, any idiot can give away food. 
I can train a monkey to stand beside the road, and as people come down the road, roll down their window, and that old monkey go, hoo, 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 and throw food in their window. What differentiates is not giving away food. What differentiates is telling people about Jesus. If you say you love, you will obey. You will live for Christ. You, it's better, he says, to obey than to sacrifice. Anybody can come to church. Anybody can give an offering. Anybody, well, not anybody, but most, a lot of people can stand up. Well, they stand up and sing. They're just not very good at it. You know, anybody can stand up and sing. You know, any nut can preach. You know, again, it's not very good at it. You know, but the difference, he says, to obey is better than sacrifice. Let me put it in some terms here. Let me look. To obey is better than preaching about obeying. To obey is better than singing about obeying. We can sing, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. We can sing that every time we gather from now till Jesus comes. But if we don't actually trust and obey, what have we accomplished? Second test, he says, is do we love and obey? Is there a conforming behavior? Can can it be seen? And and here's I, I can make this test real simple. Am I doing what God says? Am I being obedient? Am I doing what God says to do? And then third test is this. A confident boldness. Look at verse 4. For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. If you are born of God, you will overcome this world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth Jesus Christ is the Son of God? We come back to where we started. You overcome the world because you believe in Jesus Christ. That we have victory in our life. How do we know? What are the three checks? John says, first of all, what do we do with Jesus Christ? Second of all, we can say it this way. What's Jesus Christ doing with you? Are you being obedient? Third test is, are you becoming confidently bold? Are you overcoming this world? Is your life different because of your relationship with Jesus Christ? Is your life changing? Is your life different because of your relationship with Christ? You remember what the New Testament says, that the old things pass away? The things we used to love, now we hate. The things we used to hate, now we love. Is that true of our life? That's 
the third test John gives us. You want to be sure of your salvation. You want to be confident in your walk with God. What do you believe about Jesus Christ? Are you obedient to the commandments of Christ? And third, is your life changing because of what God has done and is doing in your life? Are you overcoming? Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Here's the image I have in my head. See if any of you can resonate with this picture. After you got saved and you become a child of God and you wanted to live for Jesus. And I said before, the idea of repentance is walking down the road this way, not just stopping, but actually turning around and going in a different direction. Can any of you here identify with this feeling? I know what it means to be walking this way the wrong way along. I know what it means to be confronted by Jesus Christ. I turned and started trying to walk in the other direction. I started trying to go that way. And the Holy Spirit started trying to clean up my life. But <laughs> the whole time I've been trying to go this way, it was like they were these rubber bands was like they were these straps, elastic bands, hooked to me, and they just keep trying to pull me back to where I used to be. But by the grace of God, the strength of God, the Holy Spirit working in me, I keep, you know, you know what happens eventually? Them bands pop, and it gets easier to serve God. You may not identify with that feeling. That time that when God started changing you and the world started, your friends started calling him, Hey, what you doing tonight? Let's go over here. Let's go do this. Part of you was like, Boy, that sounds like fun. I don't think that's what Jesus wants me to do. You're just torn, pulled. Are you overcoming that? Or do you keep finding yourself going right back over here where you said you left? John says if we genuinely know Christ, we overcome that drag of the world. If the old nature is still in control, or the new nature in control, I say the old nature in there drag. Who's ultimately in control? What do you believe about Jesus? Are you obedient? Do you love and obey? Are you overcome? Are you closer to God, closer to what He wants you to be today than you were yesterday? One of the greatest preachers Ever. A lot of people have no idea who he is. But Ron Dunn, he asked this question. He said, have you ever noticed 
the disturbing difference between what the Bible says we are and what we really are? Have you ever noticed the disturbing difference in what the Bible says we are and what we really are? He finishes that statement by saying it'd be really difficult to recognize most Christians from the description given of them in the Bible. The way the Bible describes a Christian and what people walking around claiming to be a Christian look like. I want to ask you to bow your head this morning. <coughs> you're here this morning, you're online, you say, I know I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I know without any doubt, without any hesitation, that I am a believer. But I also know that on days, there are times when I struggle with my confidence, when Satan undermines me and causes me to doubt. You've been given this morning three tests. What do I believe? What do I say about Jesus Christ? Am I obedient to God? And is the Holy Spirit changing me to be more in His image? If you can say yes to those three things, then you can have assurance, you can have confidence. And I would invite you this morning to come and kneel and pray. Ask God for that courage. Ask God for that confidence to be able to overcome the attacks, the discouragement of Satan. God wants us to have peace and joy in our salvation. Abundant life. That's the desire he has. You can't have it when you're doubting and worried about your salvation. But most important this morning... In this room, online, you'd be honest today. And you'd say, you know, as I listen to those things, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure that I know Christ as my Savior. You want to come this morning, you want to ask him to save you. Maybe you hear those three things this morning and you say, I know I'm not saved. I know I've never asked Christ in my life. And you want to come and pray that he'll save you, change you. Would you come this morning? If you're online, would you text or email, reach out in some way. I'd love to talk to you. You're here in this room. Don't leave today without that confidence, without that assurance that I am truly born again. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. God, there are people in the sound of my voice today who Satan is attacking. 
when he's undermining their faith, he's discouraging them, he's causing them to doubt their relationship with you. But God gives us these words so that we can know. God, I pray today that you would touch hearts in this room today to get confidence and boldness that we would have assurance of our faith. God, if there's one here today that doesn't know Christ, but to say, you know, as I've listened to it, I realize I really don't know it. If today would be today, if they come and ask Christ in their heart. God, have your way with this one. Have your way. That's all. We'll give the honor for it all. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we sing.
because her, go ahead and pick up her heart for this lady in flow. Uh, but uh, the wards of the, uh, the, the state are here in the county. Uh, so uh, remember that, and we'll be getting those to you shortly. Uh, a lot of, of mission opportunities, a lot of ways you can touch people's lives in the next uh, couple of months. All right, let's bow as we are dismissed. Have you dismissed us, please?